amazing because a lot of people said that this movie wouldn't make barely any money. And now, because it's making so much, I am so proud. It was a good movie. But in today's episode, just want to make it clear, we are not doing play-by-play this uh, review of the movie. We are going to be discussing what the topics that the movie brought up, the issues that the movie brought up, why there's such a huge discussion. But we did do some research and we found some reviews that we wanted to share with you that were very interesting. to go see it, either you're a man or a woman. 
And then another wonderful artist that we love in the studio, her name is Ingrid D. Megatson. She is an amazing artist. She is a badass woman and mother and wife and a friend. And I call her my second mother. And um, she is Isabella's first mother. <laughs> Isabella came from her. I didn't, but... She's my American mother, and I love her deeply. And I uh, was texting with her, and I said, "Hey," because I, she went to see a movie, and I was like, "Give me a little feedback yeah. or a little um, review, yeah. right?" Uh, uh, so first, she sent me this gif that empowered women, empowered women, which I love. And then she said, "It was a very powerful movie. Women empowering women. I loved it." It's the way the world should be now and always. I love that. Your mother is very smart. She's smart. Because what I think, like, it showed us the future that we could have. Yeah, exactly. It showed what it would be like if women were in power. And I think that was really cool. And obviously... I think there should be equality or equity, equality. Um, what's the, what's the right one? Equity or equality? What's the difference? Well, equality is everybody gets the same, and then equity, everybody uh, everybody gets what they need, which you might need as far as you know, health may be different. What I need as far as um, like you know, all yeah. the different things. So that's the definition. So yeah, so I think equity. I think you know, we need more equity in this world um, and that really showed what that could be like and it also showed I think it was so cool because it showed from the other perspective it was like if the roles were switched and we're like oh my god they treat Ken like poo poo you know you know what I thought like and if I love the movie right but with some of the parts it, by the way if you didn't watch the movie and you don't want the spoilers so maybe don't listen to this episode and go oh, back to the movie and then come back. Yeah, but if you don't care about spoiling that spoiler alerts, then um, then fine. So do you remember towards the like the very end when Barbie came back to Barbie Land and they got you know everything yeah. like they took the Supreme Court back and then one of the can asked, well, can I be on the Supreme Court? Like, huh? No, right? So in that regard, I disagree with that because if we fighting for equality, right? Um, but I don't think that the world would be, we need both perspectives. We need both, right? I don't, right now, right now, and you can disagree with me out there, but right now it's still, still after all the movements that women went through, it's still, the world is ruled by more men. Because if you look, if you look at big companies, right, and they say, oh, we have, you know, we have diversity, we have this, we have that and the other. But if you look maybe in the lower position, but if you look in the higher position, in the decision-making position, who is in charge? It's always male. Same Majority, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I work for a big corporation, I'm not going to say, but um, it's amazing because it's all, all women and I've gone up to manager positions and I've come back down and all of that. But it's all women, and you know, every company has issues. 
but the higher up you go, you realize that there's a man at the top. And I, when I first started, I was like, this is amazing. It's literally, I work with all women. I email all women. It's like, women run this, but at the very top, the person making all the decisions is a male. Is a man. Is a man, and it's just, it causes, not that it's the man, not that it's an issue because it's a man, but him specifically causes all these issues to trickle down because there's so many things we can't do because he's not in a position where he understands what it's like to be in our role. Mm-hmm. So certain decisions aren't made. Does that make sense? It does. It does make sense because, like I said, if you, because again, women and men can be in the position of power, but if you become a leader, you have to be understanding of what it is to be what it is to be a man, what it is to be a woman, what it is to be gay. Because again, if you are if you are not a woman, mm-hmm. you don't you don't necessarily you cannot relate. You mm-hmm. you don't know a lot of issues, but you have to be understanding. Yeah. You have to want to see those those issues. With that being said, should we bring the males in to answer questions on their thoughts and feedback of a movie? Some background, I went and just saw the movie with two of my guy friends, and we're going to get their feedback. This is, like, super raw. They just saw it today within the last hour, so. And one, it's not your guy friends. One is your lover boyfriend. Yes, one is my lover boy. So she speaks, this episode's feature is Isabella's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I call him that because when I met him, I think I have dyslexia. If you haven't noticed, it's probably Irina Ukraine. English is her second language, and I have dyslexia, so English is hard for both of us. So when I what are you trying to say <laughs> that my English is not good, English is I will fight you. <laughs> no, your English is beautiful. It is much better than yours. It really is, and English is my first language. Anyways, when I first met Spencer. I put his name in my phone as Specker because I don't know how to spell because of dyslexia. I didn't even know I spelled it wrong until I, I showed him. I was like, is this right? And he was like, yep, Specker. I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And he was like, you spelled my name Specker, not Spencer. Anyway, that's, that's a fun story of, you know, this man. So we're going to bring him on. All right, so we're here with the guys now. With the hot, hunky guys. Hot, hunky guys. <laughs> Who wanted to see Barbie movie? <laughs> and they didn't wear any cake, so we're a little upset with that, but that's okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's okay. Apparently, they don't own any cake. I don't know how real women it is, but, you know. That's okay. Um, no. Just Uh, so I work at Lockheed Martin. 
for me, it's a stereotypical like cubicle, sitting in front of the computer, office job. So that's how I would define um, what what my role is. So. Got it. So that's Alex. Next one we have Spencer Perry, my uh, lover boy. Okay. Yes. yes <laughs> for I don't even remember how long now at this point. It's been a while. So I'll say the defining, like, why there's so much heat behind it is because, like, 
people get segmented into like, okay, this is a girl's movie, this is a guy's movie, and I mean, it's about toys, so like, they came out the Matchbox, NASCAR, you know, toy movies, and it would be aimed more towards like men, but I feel like as it is, you have to pick it as a movie, which is just a movie, anybody can watch it, and so like, that's what they're trying to get across, it's like, hey, this is a Barbie toy, sure, it's catered towards women and young girls, but Yes, it is very cookie-cutter girls' movie, but it did do a good job kind of bringing the guys into it. Like, it wasn't just a guy-bashing movie. And I feel like when somebody sees a preview for it, they're like, I don't want to watch this because it's going to make me feel bad as a guy. But leaving that movie, I didn't, like, hate myself. I was just like, oh, like, I gained a girl's perspective, but they also included women. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I've, uh, you know, going into this, I heard a lot from both sides. I've watched a lot of videos, as you know, I you know, don't really consider myself to align with any particular side, if you will. Um, but I've heard both opinions, people, you know, praising the movie for, you know, some of its characteristics, some of them hating it for, for that exact same reason. I'm kind of in the same on side. When I came out of that movie, there were parts I genuinely enjoyed, and I thought it, you know, it was great. Certain aspects of, you know, uh, masculinity, but also challenged ideas of femininity, okay. if you will. Um, you know, when I see all these people hating it, hating this director, and not giving her any credit for this movie, I, I see there's some sort of argument to be made that, like, you know, at the end of the day, she
submissive, like I need Barbie to be happy, but there was that power dynamic of like women are above men. And then when they came, when it came full circle, when they came to the real world, it was like, okay, men are better than women. And so now they got both sides of it. Ken thought it was freaking awesome, but then he realized like, okay, it kind of put me in a weird position to where like, it can't be so bad.
much asset is all there. I found that very interesting because they're essentially making the point that a world where all women are empowered and free to purchase. It's, it's, as long as it's not think, real, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and I think that, that that not only is true in our current state where we obviously don't have a lot of, well, there are more women gain, gain power, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, it's obviously a lot of men in these positions, but I, I found it interesting because it's almost, you can take it as far as like, it is fictitious to think that one day only women will control all men. Mm -hmm. That's what it was. And I think this movie kind of, within all these hidden themes, I can really buy a good point that, you know, power isn't meant to be subjugated to one person or isolated or, or held to one certain group. And I, I thought that was interesting to consider. Did you all ever play with Barbies or were exposed to them growing up? Um, so I grew up on them more brother. So we only had guy toys. And so I was always looking up to him and playing with like his toys. Mm -hmm. But as far as like we had, I had my baby cousins and I played Barbies with them. And there was never anything like It was nothing like you would dream about that. We were really open about that stuff. But I mean, of course, growing up with a brother, like I would always follow in his footsteps. So like he never played with Barbies, so I can never play with Barbies. So as far as like toy world goes, like never really delved into that. Yeah. I at a very young age, you know, I was in um, aftercare program, which is a program where you get to be kind of before after school your parents drop you off to a town. And in there, you know, I, I always wanted to play with Legos. And Legos were day one. I mean, I'm an engineer now. Like, that's just how I Lo and behold, that's how Lego was formatted. And then I loved it. Um, the Barbies, they never really appealed to me. It's not like I ever really wanted to play with them. But I do remember select occasions playing with them because.
stuck in the fire and I hate it. It made me feel so bad. But don't you guys think that if you are confident in yourself as a man, if you know where you stand, then it's fine to go see that movie? Uh, I mean, yeah, I would agree, but I feel like that's kind of what the whole message across was probably trying to be. Like, him trying to figure out who he was, and like, yeah, it's a world where they're full of him, but like, he was him because of what he was, not because he was with Barbie or any of that. And so, like, in the same realm of things, like, you know who you are. If you want to watch the movie, it doesn't make you a different person. You enjoy what you want to enjoy. Like, I don't really see how that defines how your character is. And I mean, that's kind of like, it's not something that I just like woke up and figured out. Like, that took years to figure out that like, it doesn't really matter what you do. Like, nobody cares. You are who you are. You have to go home at the end of the night and look at yourself in the mirror. Like, that's the only person you have to worry about. Like, exactly. Right. I, I think you make it, you make a great point there. And, and you know, I mean, your, your, your question there was like, do you think men specifically have to develop the confidence in themselves mm-hmm. to be able to watch this movie and say like, I think Al makes a good point that that is almost the journey that Ken was going through. Um, that he had to find himself in his own self-worth before tossing, you know, this whole world that he had lived in into a fire. Um, I had absolutely no problem with it. I would not go and find Barbie and put her in a fire. And that would not help me personally. And plus there were so many moments in that film, especially when they were talking about where I can remember crying laughing with like tears coming out of my eyes looking over at Alex thinking the same thing because like it it actually kind of does a decent job at like capturing some some elements of masculinity yeah like I (laughs) like you got somebody to to fucking do like nice job you know that's the thing though is because it desensitized to it, but the movie threw it right in your face, and that's when you're able to realize like, how silly is this? And that's where you can laugh at it. Like, it throws the silliness in your face because we're just so... We're just used to it. We see it every single day, and we don't really think anything of it. Like, right? All the big, like, macho yes-men in the office, like, I've seen... I've witnessed that every single day, but you get used to it, and then when you're getting it thrown in your face, like, wow, this is actually very true. Like, we can enjoy laughing at ourselves type of thing. They are so good they're just answering all we don't even have to <laughs> ask any questions. <laughs> they're answering everything. No, no, no. I was I was gonna ask Alec, because you talked about how you're comfortable in your confidence now, but it took a lot of years to get there. I mean yeah, it took a lot of like stumbling and falling and picking myself back up and I think at least my interpretation, um, kind of doing a cop out and relying on it was really small and you had to like really be paying attention. But the other Ken was like, oh, you can never do a backflip or you can never do these flips. And that made him less of a man and less to be able to be with Barbie. And that's no different in society now. Like you sit there and like, oh, that guy drives a Porsche. He has a six-figure job. He has this. Like I'm not as much of a man. Like I feel, and like to this day, I still feel that like men are only as good as what they can Instead of that guy's really sweet or he's like super caring, it's like what can 
same vein of like, okay, walking in my shoes, like, I feel like girls can just be women and guys have to do, they have to offer something to get their attention. I have to do a backflip or I have to have a Porsche or I have to make six figures before he can get your attention. And I feel like that's kind of going through too. It's like, I have to be this perfect man for Barbie and she'll give me any attention. And that Ken over there is just like doing backflips and like it's all about it. But like, full circle, full evolution. I mean, that made me think about it. It's like, okay, I don't need all of these things. Like, I am who I am. I need to be, and I need to be, like you said, confident in that. I feel like I display a level of, like, fake confidence. Because, like, I do say these things, but, like, inside, I'm like, oh, I don't back that up. Like, in real life, I'll go home, I'm like, damn, I need to, I need to make more money. I need to do all this stuff. But in reality, I, I don't. Like, it's perfectly okay to be, like, who you are. Like, just be good in your own skin. And so it's just, I think that, like, was a good lead and I got a good uh, message from the male's perspective. It's just, like, you don't need a Barbie. You don't need to do backflips. Like, you're you. You're Ken. You're Ken up. <laughs>
on a very personal level, uh, like like when I'm talking like myself, mm-hmm. like she she kind of looked uh, down on my job and like what I did at that time in my life. Um, but I I never I don't really remember it really great because I'm happy now. <laughs> Or do you think that it's like if we go for dinner? 
holy split. Like, I just wanted to see um, how do you guys look into, into that. And not just for dinner, but you know, like on any dates or uh, trips, how do you how do you look at that? Well, I mean, me personally, I feel like it's different for everybody because I know some people's. Um, so for me personally, my love language is like giving, and so like I get the most value and joy out of like taking my significant other to a nice dinner. Like I love that. In the same vein, though, we're in this relationship together. It takes two to tango, so I'm kind of expecting, you know, something back, like to give back, not like.
know, I'm not expecting like an equal monetary sort of thing. I'm just more like more interested in the gesture and the significance behind things. Like Bella has found like a lot of really, you know, low cost but effective ways of expressing her love for music. Mm-hmm. And she's very creative and I give her that. Like she's very creative and almost sometimes that creativity almost speaks more than like, yeah, this is just a piano or something. It's like who cares? Like she put the time and effort into this and that's what really matters. And I think when you you know, to some extent like when you have a dinner like that, it's like your your money is your time and effort and Never, you know, I'm gonna take a walk to the 
feel better. I'm going to go to therapy because it makes me feel better. So I go to therapy because something's wrong. And I have this great conversation with my dad and my work that bless all that they give me, but they also give me um, free therapy sessions. So I was talking to my dad, hey, I'm no good in this therapy session. It's really good. And he instantly stopped. And he goes, are you okay? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, it's just, it's just therapy. And then it's just that stigma. I can't blame him because that's how he was raised. And I mean, you can only learn from that. But like, he only thought that you go to therapy when you need something fixed. And I was like, Dad, why do you go to the gym? Why do you do yoga? Why do you do your stretches? Because it makes you feel better. There's only good that can come out of it. It was like, uh, you need to go to therapy because it's a good thing for you. And I was like, even couples therapy. Like, oh, but nothing's wrong with mom and dad. Nothing has to be wrong with therapy. You're going to this place and only good things can come out of it. Why not do it? And that's how I view therapy. And I was like, okay, I may be dealing with something right now. That I want to get off and talk to somebody about. There's only good that can come from it. It's not going to hurt me. Let me go to it. I'm the experience of it. So I'm like a firm believer that everybody needs therapy, just like everybody needs to, you know, go to the gym and like do something active. Like you need to treat your brain and your mental health just as well as you treat your body. Like only good can come out of it. Why are you wasting time? Why not do it? So that's amazing. Did you? You said that you grew up. Maybe you can like point, but kind of where you, when you start changing, because uh, I can relate to where parents have that stigma. My parents immigrated to Ukraine, so that's even a much bigger uh, story there. But when did change? When did it change for you? I have to say, I was going through college and like with everything, college like high stress situation, and it was you know barely sleeping, barely eating, barely scraping by. But I mean, like, mental health took a toll. And it was always, um, again, my parents never, I mean, great loving parents, not not undermining that at all. But it was always just, like, kind of figure it out or, you know, do your own thing. And I think I've always kind of had or dealt with, like, ADHD and depression and anxiety and stuff, but it never got diagnosed. So it kind of came to a head during college where, like, I was having an extremely tough time. And it was reaching out for help talking to people and trying to figure that out and I think it was my childhood uh, best friend like her mom was just like I'm going to give you a list of therapists here's how you get a hold of them schedule an appointment and they'll take care of the rest and I was like how do I you know tell my parents about this how do I know and just like just tell them that you are getting help and this is what you need and I mean it sounds so simple but that was such a huge hurdle to cross it was just basically like hey I'm an adult now I'm dealing with something, I need your help, and I don't want to talk about it. Or like, you guys aren't privy to that, because parents, they always are like, in your in your stuff, and like, because they're parents, but like, there needs to be at some point in any child's life that like, you cross that line. It's like, you let them know, like, I'm struggling with something, this is what I need to get help and get through it, but you don't get to know what I'm struggling with. Like, obviously be open with your parents for a couple of that run, but that's just like, because I wasn't getting the help that I needed from my parents, so I needed to look elsewhere. And I got the assistance, I got the help, and we're getting better. I wouldn't say I'm perfect, but we're taking a step in the right direction. I mean, not having nobody's perfect mental health. We all have bad days, but it's just, it, I think that was kind of the crux. It's just like, I need to 
just like a parent saying goodbye to their kid going to college, like I need to cut that off, saying that like they, my parents can't fix anything. I need to go somewhere else and get that fixed. And so that was a big move for me. I think it can particularly be hard in the case of your parents too, because it's like, you know, you're talking to someone that like raised you up, and so when you say I need that, you're just like wrong. Right. They're like, oh, where did you go wrong? Like, what did you do wrong? And it's like, well, it's not that you did anything.